Good morning, everybody. It is Friday the 26th of August. Welcome back to another morning meeting. Marcus, let's head over to you for the overnight. Thanks, Chi-Chi. I have done the breakfast briefing podcast this morning already, so I'm repeating myself. But for those of you that have usually listened to Henry in the morning on the breakfast briefing, I have the microphone for the next month whilst Henry goes away. So no Henry today. I'll be keeping an eye on the small company's portfolio for him, and he will be doing that as well, he tells me. So we will see. Right, overnight, Dow Jones did okay, up 323 points, which was pretty much closing on its high. At one point, it was down 80. NASDAQ behaving itself up 1.67%. S&P up 1.41%. Fixed volatility index fell 5%. So things pretty calm running into Jackson Hole tonight. I'll discuss that later. SPY futures were up 9. We're doing a bit better than that. Resources and banks are higher today. Bond yields pretty benign overnight. The chances of a 75 basis point rate rise at the next FOMC meeting on September the 21st rose overnight from 61 to 65%. So 65% chance of 75 basis points. We are pretty much pricing in a fairly aggressive Fed message tonight. Anything less than that, the market will probably quite like it. Europe behaved itself. Oil price down 1.8% below $100 gain. Gold up 0.6%. Just doesn't want to rally hard. All the metals up overnight. BHP up 3% in the US. Rio up 1.8%. Vale up 1.7% holding on to the 7% rise yesterday. So iron ore stocks doing okay. And copper stocks doing okay. Freeport McMoran, one of the biggest copper producers in the world, up 6.1% overnight. US steel up 7.4%. Iron ore price down a touch. Materials, resources, in other words, the best sector in the US up overnight up 2.3%. Technology up 2%. Energy at the bottom of the pile, but still slightly higher overnight. We have a couple more days of the results season left. A few results today. Tom will tell us about those. A couple of ex-dividends today. No biggies. Illumina, Newcrest, Lendlease. We've got the diary next week. Main events are the US jobs numbers. Interesting, after Jackson Hole tonight, you do realise we've got another US inflation number and another US jobs number ahead of the next FOMC meeting. So we're very quickly going to forget Jackson Hole, I think. And we have BHP going ex-dividend next Thursday. Thank you very much for that, Marcus. Tom, let's head over to you for the local market. Thank you, Chichi. Well, our market having a good end to the week, up 22 points, although on track to finish the week down 0.6%. Miners and utilities outperforming energy and consumer staples in the red. Bigger cheese up 3.5%. The profit was down on the year, but still ahead of consensus. They flagged significant cost increases in the year ahead. Australian ethical off 2%. Their profit was down. Final dividend of 3 cents. Ramsey Healthcare in trading halt after posting earnings and updating the market on the latest takeover offer from KKR. That's a private equity firm. Linus, one of the best performers, up 5.6%. Profit up 244%. Buoyed by high rare earths prices. And West Farmers off 1%. Profit also down 1%. They had a dividend of $1, which was 11% higher than last year. They said retail trading conditions have remained strong for the start of the new financial year. And on the economic data front, CBA expects property prices to fall 15% peak to trough and bottom mid next year. As Marcus was saying, Jackson Hole tonight will draw attention and Newcrest Mining is trading ex-dividend today down 2.3%. Thank you, Chief. 
Thank you very much for that, Tom. Layton, we're gonna head over to you for the broker report. Anything interesting what's going on this Friday? Thank you, Chichi. So I was looking at Nine Entertainment this morning. That's NEC. They were up 9% on their results yesterday. The brokers are highlighting a better than expected outlook for the first quarter of FY23. And Credit Suisse has lowered its earnings estimates for FY23 to 24 to account for higher costs. But it retains its outperform recommendation and the target price of $3.30, still implying a 51% upside. And UBS also downgraded its estimates due to higher costs, but has retained its buyer recommendation and lowered its target price down to $3.10, which still implies a 42% upside. And also looking at Qantas, Q-A-N is the code for that one, up 7.1% on their results yesterday, and the brokers were pleased with the net debt number, which was ahead of consensus. Credit Suisse has upgraded its recommendation to outperform and lifted its target price to $5.65, implying a 16% upside. UBS has a buy recommendation, noting the $400 million buyback shows confidence in the outlook and signals the commitment to returning excess capital. UBS's target price increases to $6.80, which implies a 40% upside. And there was just another downgrade there for all chem downgraded to underperform at Credit Suisse. I believe the target price is around 20% below the current market price. Thank you very much for that, Leighton. And Marcus, back to you for market strategy. Strategy, yes. I have a quick look at the Jackson Hole speech tonight. Henry picked up someone's quote that on average Fed chairs Jackson Hole speeches have not been big market movers in recent years. Only once in the last 10 years has the S&P logged a greater than 1% move on the day of the Jackson Hole symposium speech from the Fed chief. So it's not usually an event. I would just point out Jackson Hole, it's not a Fed meeting. It's not really a place for Powell to communicate anything new. My guess is it won't include any new policy messages. My guess is it will be a repeat of the current messages, which is slightly less aggressive. And my guess is the market will react positively because there is no disaster, no more aggressive pivot than we've already seen. And let's just be aware that Jerome Powell's middle name is sensible. He knows that if he goes off saying anything in this forum, which doesn't include a press conference and analysis and is would surprise if it included any major message, he's very unlikely to give us one. So I think Jackson Hole will pass quite well. Watch the market fall over now. <laughs> but we'll see. Meanwhile, I do note that we have got a 65% chance of 75 basis point rate hike already at the September 21st meeting, which means there's very little it's already expected, in which case the likelihood is that more likely that we'll see that back off rather than accelerate from here. Anyway, we'll find out at midnight. Otherwise, in the strategy piece today, I have a little chart of the CBA showing the ex-dividend dates and how the share price usually starts to trend downwards after an ex-dividend date off for a month or two. And of course, it has started to trend down again. I've got some numbers on the banks in the strategy piece today showing the PEs. You've got a PE on the CBA of 17.3 times uh, and the next nearest is NAB and Westpac on 14 times. So as usual, the most expensive. And if you look at the broker research, the broker's average target price is 10% below the current share price. As usual, the brokers think the best bank in the country is the worst bank. They have it wrong. 
along once again. When will they learn? There are some decent yields creeping back into the sector now. If you have a look at the table, you've got gross yield on the NAB of 6%, Westpac 7.8, ANZ 8.8, and the smaller ones over 8% as well. Uh, One of our income investors, I will tell you, has the whole of his super fund in the CBA. He's obviously interested in income. And whilst traditional portfolio theory would suggest that he is an idiot, I reckon he just might be a genius. (laughs) The CBA is never going to go bust. Also today, Henry has written his last missive, Henry's Take. Have a look in there. There's a nice video in there of him on Livewire talking about whether he would buy the top most shorted stocks, along with Ben Clark, who's one of the other Livewire contributors. And he has also written something up on Zip on Livewire, and you can link to that as well. I'll be keeping an eye, as I say, on Henry's portfolios whilst he's away for anything radical that goes on. And that's about that. And Marcus, can you give us something for the idea section today? Ah, the idea section. Almost forgot. I have, as of today, make my life a bit easier and also avoid some confusion, moved the ideas portfolio into the ideas section and written up some ideas. I will be writing this section up whilst Henry's away for the next month or so, and then we will collaborate on that. So you will see in the ideas section are two current holdings, which are BHP and Oz Minerals. Oz Minerals has results on Monday. You might notice as well in the copper space that Rio just upped their bid. They're trying to buy the 49% of Canada's Turquoise Hill resources that they don't already own. They bid $34 and they've upped that to $40. So this could be a template for BHP bidding for Oz Minerals. Rio buying a copper asset has just upped its first bid by 17.6%. If BHP upped its bid for Oz Minerals by 17.6%, the bid would be worth $29.41, which the current bid's $25, and the price is now $26.19. So that would be 12% higher than the current price. I continue to hold Oz Minerals on the expectation that at some point BHP will sweeten the deal or someone will come and counter bid Anglo-America, Tech Resources, Rio, Glencore, all possibles. So holding on for the next development in the ideas portfolio, holding on to OZL. I am kicking myself for selling Pilbara Minerals and Mineral Resources too early. They are up 6% and 4% since, and they're up again today since I sold them a couple of days ago. Should have held on to lithium. Got a little bit too cautious in the middle of this week. Also kicking myself for selling 20 minerals. You'll see that's a copper play, which we bought at the same time as Oz Minerals as a potential M&A target for other people trying to get into copper. And that, have a look at the chart and the correlation with the copper price. Copper price still going up. 29 metals is still going up. I again have too cautiously taken a profit this week. I might have to try and get back into that. There's no rush. Let's see what uh, Jackson Hole turns up. Also in the ideas section today, I've had a quick look at uranium stocks, which have been warming up after the the Japanese Prime Minister talked about pushing for next generation power plants. It seems to be a one day wonder because the uranium stocks are off today. I've also looked at Qantas and described it as not an investment, could be a trade, could be a 20% trade if it moved from where it is now to the top of the recent trading range, but it's definitely not an investment. Have a read of that. And the other one, which I always keep getting dragged to is Domino's Pizza. It dropped 64% from the pandemic fantasy prices that it was trading on uh, and uh, have a look at it now just have results popped on results and then yesterday fell nine percent the next day so brokers are all very keen the average target price 29 percent above the current share price but 
again it's a trade at this point not an investment i'm afraid it's not value trading on 33 times and a 2.6 percent yield if it was on 20 times and a four and a half percent yield it would represent value but it's not so this is more a momentum trade and at the moment going sideways if it breaks out you might have a look at it but again not really cheap from an investor's point of view after those results and as we bring the week to a close you should know that both tom and ben's last day is today Ben, is there anything you'd like to say? I'd just like to say thank you for the last four and a half years for me, Marcus. It's been a great time, great learning opportunity and to be around yourself and Henry and the opportunities that I've had has been fantastic for my personal and professional development. And thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I'm going to miss it. Yes. Thomas? Big thank you, firstly, to you and Emma. Like, this was my first job. This was my first real job. Six and a half years ago. Six and a half years. And like we've said before, I've, you know, the kids got to move out of home sometimes. So I'm spreading my wings and seeing what else is out there. But it's not without a heavy heart. And it's been, as Ben said, a fantastic experience. I've, everything that I've learned professionally has happened, you know, in these walls and been a great experience. And obviously to our members, thank you for staying with us and reading my stuff. If you enjoyed this it's been great and thank you for your recruitment skills over the years I think <laughs> I, I'm not sure there's anyone here that you didn't recruit <laughs> there's a big invoice coming <laughs> fabulous stuff all right thank you cheers for that Marcus and back to you again for the question oh, of the day back to me I'm, I'm doing everything today I'll be doing everything when Henry's away <laughs> question of the day today it's an interesting one if the Lord was to come and tap you on the shoulder on your deathbed and ask you what have you done in your life that's worthwhile what would you hope to be able to tell him Thomas I would hope he would say that I've made a positive influence in people's lives and I have a very happy and loving family to survive me. And I'll just preface this comment by, it's a study, there was one of the longest studies ever conducted and it's still going, it's by Harvard. And one of the outcomes was that close relationships, more than money or fame, are what keep people happy throughout their lives. And those ties protect people from life discontents, help delay mental and physical decline, and are better predictors of long and happy lives more than social class, IQ, or even genes. So strong relationships with family and friends. Very good. Chi-Chi. How do you top that answer? <laughs> I concur with Tom. I would like to make sure I have deep relationships with friends and family, but I would hope to like to leave some sort of legacy that has a long-lasting effect on future generations to come. There you go. A positive one. <laughs> yes, a positive one, of course. World peace. Yes, yes. world peace, of course. <laughs> Leighton. Tom pretty much took what I was going to say, but elaborated on it massively. I think I would be content if I'd just made more good decisions than bad decisions or at least learnt from my mistakes instead of just, yeah, continuing to make them. Ben? Yeah, similarly, I wish I'd gone before Tom because <laughs> <laughs> your first line was almost word for word what my first line yeah. was going to be. But slight tangent from it would be something along the lines of leave people that are glad that they'd crossed my path. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I think that when the Lord taps you on the shoulder on your deathbed, taps me on the shoulder, most people will rattle off the name of what they've done that's worthwhile. Most people will immediately rattle off the names of their children because that is the most important thing. So you really need to get on with your uh, next stage of life. I'm sure my parents would life, be happy about that too. Thomas. And obviously I would hope uh, Emma and myself would both mention each other on our deathbeds as well. And I don't think much else matters really, climbing Everest, being rich. I do like that close relationship is uh, more important and, and more satisfying than anything yeah. else because as my children call me I'm Marcus Nomates <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs>
Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back next week. Thank, Thank you, everyone. everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.